Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgham. And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. On each episode of The Pillars, we find a brief resilience topic so you can practically fix any potential roadblocks you encounter and finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. So let's dive in. What's today's topic? So today we're going to be talking about communication, and that is such a broad topic that we're actually going to break it up into two different segments. So today we're going to be talking about communication skills in our personal relationships. So think of that like our romantic relationships. Whereas next week we're going to be talking about uh, issues such as assertive communication, um, interaction with your coworkers, with friends, maybe even with family members, and how to be an effective communicator in those domains. But today we're just talking about your your uh, personal relationships and the reason for that is a lot of people really struggle with this um, either when they first become part of a couple or later on down the road as they change and new life experiences come their way and they start to evolve and uh, all of a sudden they've uh, realized that their communication is no longer as effective as it had been at the earlier start of the relationship. Yeah. In fact, that's why a lot of us will do premarital counseling with folks getting married mm-hmm. um, or work with couples who are considering marriage or even those who are married, honestly, because if you can get communication down and some of these principles right, your likelihood of a successful relationship is extremely high. That's very true. And you've probably heard time and time again that communication is one of the most important facets of a relationship. Um, And that's true, but not uh, always as explicitly accessible as some of the other issues that pop up in a relationship. You often hear about things like finances uh, being the the killer of a relationship or issues with balancing uh, work, family, and and kids as they come along, or maybe uh, client in the sex life. Well, believe it or not, all three of these things can be related back to communication issues and in some ways uh, or some uh, manner could have been avoided if there had been effective communication between partners at the outset. And as a guide for going through today's discussion, we're going to be taking information from John Gottman. Now, could you talk about John Gottman just briefly? Sure. So um, not to be neglected, uh, it's uh, Dr. John Gottman and his wife, Mrs. Gottman, both doctors uh, who study psychology, um, the psychology of human interaction and specifically in personal relationships. And they have, I mean, decades of research on uh, what makes a good, strong marriage. And uh, back in the 90s, they were really focused on this communication aspect. Some of you may remember from your um, your psych classes, the uh, five to one ratio. That came from one of the earliest Gottman studies. Essentially, what they did was they uh, put a handful of different couples in the room, some just dating, some married, uh, some just starting out the relationship, some who've been together for years and years and years. And what they did is they just had these couples talk for about 10 minutes on a few mundane topics. Um, And then they had them come back again and talk about some of the more uh, volatile issues that can creep up in relationships. So things like we talked about earlier, uh, finances and sex, things of that nature, where maybe uh, people don't always see eye to eye. And what they found, believe it or not, was that there are certain patterns in how these couples communicated with them with each other, such that they were able to predict with a an ex, extremely high um, amount of accuracy whether those couples would be together about two years later. And what they found was something called the five to one ratio. It's pretty simple. It's just the ratio of positive communication interactions to negative communicator communication interactions. And if you have five positive uh, communication events for every one negative one, then your marriage is going to stand the test of time. 
That's awesome. One of the principles I often tell folks that come in my office is regarding acceptance, that mm. we have to learn to accept our partner and minimize judgment. And that's a, also a principle of faith is we shouldn't judge lest we be judged. We have to realize that the standard we set for another person, and usually we're more critical of others than ourselves, that we need to make sure that we're, we're um giving grace and that we're mm. accepting and minimizing that judgment and we're building people up. Oftentimes I'll recommend to encourage your spouse. So just spending a few minutes saying, Hey, you're doing a great job. You could disagree with five things, but find that one thing that you can encourage and build up. You're absolutely right. And this is something that I uh, talk with most couples about uh, something called validation and we all need it. Uh, we all need, need to feel that we're accepted, we're loved and that the sacrifices that we make and the accomplishments that we have and the things that we're working hard towards are noticed by others and, and recognized in a positive manner. And that's especially important for our uh, dating partners or our marital partners. We need to know that they appreciate who we are and that they see these things that we're doing and, and think highly of us. And even just those little words of love and respect can go a long way to helping you feel validated and making you feel more satisfied in the relationship. What was interesting, I worked with a course called Analysis 101 that some of our analysts have done a long time ago. And as part of that program, we brought in a trainer from SeaWorld. And how this relates, some of you may say, where is killer whale training going to relationships? <laughs> but how they train their large killer whales, which are significantly larger, is through validation, positive reinforcement, really. Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, you're doing a great job, even when it was doing wrong. And that's how they're able to kind of help um, train these huge beasts to do these kind of things. And oftentimes, sometimes that positive reinforcement works with our spouse. We want them to do something <laughs> or to not do something. And so by positively reinforcing good behavior, that tends to work a lot better than negative reinforcement. Um, because ultimately, uh, you'll end up getting eaten by the whale uh, if you do it wrong. That's true. Um, positive reinforcement has a lot more impact when it comes to shaping behavior than does negative reinforcement or you know uh, punishment for that matter. And so uh, there's a comedian uh, I listened to a while ago. I wish I could remember his name, but he um, he said, "Ladies, your men are dogs. Just think of them like dogs. They need to be patted on the back. They need uh, you know to be encouraged, to be excited. And if you tell them who's a good boy, they're going to be more prone <laughs> to doing what you're asking them. Rather, if you beat them over the head and you know the the prototypical you know stereotypical nagging uh, type behavior um, you know that we hear about in, in you know stereotypical uh, venues or whatever. Um, if you approach it in terms of reinforcing, saying, "Hey, uh, honey, I recognize that you you did this or that around the." house, that you went out of your way to do this for me, I just want you to know I really appreciate it. That is going to have much uh, better an effect and more of an enduring effect than uh, coming down on somebody. And honestly, that goes to not avoiding conflict because really you're coming at them and saying, I feel like this when this happens. You're encouraging mm -hmm. positive behavior and you're not blaming. You're not nagging. In this case, you'd say, let's say uh, your spouse is forgetting to close the garage door. Well, you mm -hmm. could come back and say, the garage door was open last night while I was sleeping, and I, I feel unsafe when that's like that. Mm -hmm. You're not saying, you didn't close the garage door. Right. It's saying, I feel, and how that impacts you. Yeah, the I feel statement is, is pretty powerful if used correctly. And it's all about the uh, approach that you take to getting what you want. So in this case, uh, one partner wants the door, garage door closed, okay? Relatively mundane task, but you can see how just the, the language that you use and how you approach it, um, that issue with your partner can 
um, have huge effects on how it's received. Absolutely. And, and impact for the relationship and how the other person is viewed. So you want something. It's simple. Um, instead of uh, going out of your way to <laughs> come down and uh, on the other person or uh, come at them with an accusatory tone that will make them defensive, um, you know, explain in very concrete terms what it is that you want. Um, maybe very briefly explain why it's important and frame it in terms of this is something you can do for me. Yes. Hey, could you do me a favor? Um, just re- try to remember to close that uh, garage door when you leave. It's important to me just to make sure that the house is safe and secure. It gives me peace of mind. I'd really appreciate it if you could do that for me. Yeah. And it'd be much uh, better received. And, and the opposite of that would be things like stonewalling. Okay. Which yeah. Gottman says not to do. Right? So wh- tell us more about stonewalling. What so, is that? So that's when you would just withdraw from any interaction. So sometimes this could be giving the silent treatment or mm-hmm. saying they just know what's going on. Well, the problem with that is that doesn't allow communication to happen. And communication is the core of every relationship. Mm-hmm. So you want to interact and deal with issues, not avoid them. So and avoid, and this is the extreme form of avoidance. Mm-hmm. And what would you say makes people stonewall? That's a good question. I think, yeah, I, I think some people are just uh, conflict averse. They just they get uncomfortable with confrontation, or um, maybe they don't know of how they can um, effectively communicate their needs to the other person, so they just shut down yeah. or they withdraw. And uh, you know, unfortunately, that it doesn't cure anything. Like you said, it just ensures that that same issue is going to pop up again later. I mean, yes, maybe it gives both parties a chance to turn uh, to calm down, but if you don't return to that issue at a later time when you are both calm to actually address the issue, it's just going to come back up over and over and over again. I totally agree. I, I also think people-pleasing could be part of it, mm. is this idea of saying, well, I, I don't want to cause a conflict. But the problem with it is if it's frustrating you, it builds up inside, and oftentimes it just explodes. Uh, and you, we don't want that. We want to deal with issues and work with them together as a couple. And when you work through these minor issues, example, garage door or some, maybe uh, something you cooked, I don't know, some minor issue, it prepares you for those eventual large issues that you're going to run into in a relationship. So if you can deal mm-hmm. with these small things, then you can deal with the big things. But you need to kind of grow your relationship because you're going to have something big to deal with in any relationship. That's a great point. So if you're already getting into a hypercritical mindset when it comes to um, you know, doing the dishes, taking out the trash, um, where we put the laundry, you know, in the laundry basket, not on the floor of the, the bathroom or something like that, um, that's an issue in our household um, that I get into, into trouble for. Um, if you are approaching that with a super critical mindset, then just think of how that's going to translate. Uh, you already have this pattern developed uh, for, for how you, you're handling these minor conflicts. Just think of how that's going to translate to when you have larger conflicts. Like, you know, what are we going to, how are we going to manage our finances when we've got a really tight budget and we've got all these um, things imposing on our, our wishes and our dreams? How are we going to raise our children? How are we going to make time for the, the things that are important to us? Um, you can see how even just by negotiating some of these smaller issues effectively and, and learning to uh, redirect some of these poor skills that can really help um, when you do get into some of these bigger issues. I totally agree. And one of the things we can do is when we enter into these discussions, the first step I'd suggest, and this comes from Godman, is to calm 
down. <laughs> he uses that interaction that um, says that 90 beats per minute or more, if your heart rate's that high, then you stop making mm-hmm. good decisions. And so taking a breath, and many of us have watches or whatnot at home that show us we can look and check, you know, right. check right there. But the thing is, what can we do to just take a deep breath and calm down before working with your spouse? Because I, from what I understand, the part of the brain that shuts down is that logical part of your brain. So Yeah. I, I actually talked about this in my uh, SG Weekly from the 5th of June. So um, w- when we get in this uh, conflict mode and we're getting angry and upset, our heart rate raises, our blood pressure goes up. It's because our, our autonomic nervous system, our fight or flight response has been activated. And now we are motivated to do something. We've got to take action. If we don't, we're going to feel really, really uncomfortable. And unfortunately, this impairs our judgment because then we take action on th- or do things that um, maybe we didn't think through very well. You know, punching a wall, saying something to hurt the other person's feelings, um, things of that nature. And so uh, if we can notice that that's happening within ourselves and have the presence of mind to say, I need to take a break. That can go a long way to preventing uh, escalation of these conflicts. So uh, the problem is it takes a lot of internal control and self-regulation. So what I usually tell people is to try to look at the common sticking points. What are those areas where you find yourself uh, becoming frequently frustrated or more spun up than, than usual? And just be more aware when you go into those situations so that if you notice you're starting to get agitated and you feel that uh, discomfort internally welling up, then that's a good time to say to yourself, okay, I need to take a break. And to say to your partner, hey, look, this is important to you. I, 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 I recognize that. It's important to me too. I want to talk about it, but I'm upset right now and I need to take a few minutes to calm down. Um, without stonewalling. So you're saying the expectation that you're going to come back to it when uh, you or, or both parties are more calm and able to actually deal with it without that mental confusion. Yep. And also reflecting, what does it take for you to calm down? So for instance, in my garage right now, if you go there, we have a, we have a punching bag. We're big into sports and stuff. So <laughs> if we get frustrated with something, we go out there and I've got gloves. And I'm going to tell you, as somebody who doesn't do a lot of boxing, it, if I go out there for five minutes, now I could run for two hours, could work out for an hour and a half, no problem. Mm-hmm. But boxing for five minutes on a bag, and you're, I mean, you're you're dying. I mean, and so I'm saying <laughs> people don't need an hour long thing to kind of reduce and sure. get that out. And it might maybe for you, it's not physical exercise. Perhaps it's it's just going and sitting outside by yourself for a few minutes. Well, set that time. Don't have an indefinite period of right. time. Say it's thirty minutes. I'll be back in thirty minutes, and we're going to talk. And there needs to be that communication, too. So um, saying that time limit, that's a a great technique, but that that definite time limit needs to be communicated to the other person and agreed upon. And what we're talking about here is something called metacommunication. It's talking about how we're talking. So believe it or not, if you can have that conversation with your uh, intimate other um, about how we're going to approach these things in the future, it may seem like a, a weird and awkward conversation, but better to do it when you are calm and able to approach things logically and rationally rather than uh, waiting until you're in the throes of some heated argument and then trying to talk about how you're communicating. So if we're going to summarize today for the folks listening and they're, they they want to go home, they want to have a great relationship with their significant other, and they want to communicate effectively, what are our specific tips? I'd say uh, there are a handful of things that I want you to remember. If I had to, uh, to boil them down, I'd say um, the first one's got to be mutual respect. 
as long as you approach you know, any communication situation with the uh, attitude of mutual respect, then you can't go wrong. So, um, you know, you're, you're respecting that other person. You're uh, presenting yourself in a way that allows you to be respected as well. Um, that's going to help you achieve your goals in, in a more uh, robust manner than if you come out on the attack or on the, on the defensive. Uh, the other one is going back to what we were talking about earlier in the Gottman research is the five to one ratio. I've seen this work wonders for marriages that have been broken, um, for relationships that uh, both parties thought were, were beyond repair. And it's literally as simple as validating the other person, um, making minor gifts or, or uh, going out of your way in, in small ways, small but meaningful ways uh, to show uh, you know, a positive sign of yourself to the other person and to counteract some of those negative patterns that have been going on. Um, and then the last one is know yourself. Know where your breaking point is, your limitations, um, maybe your communication patterns that need some work themselves and start to address those things and create new patterns that are going to be more helpful in your current situation. That is so great. What a great summary. And if you need more resources or more information, please reach out to either of us. Also, don't forget that we have our library on Langley. You have a library on every base that you're at. Um, Go get some books, research. It's, your relationship is worth spending some time. Now, we're going to keep giving you the best data we can in short um, pieces, but if you need more, uh, please reach out to us and we'll help you. With that, we just want to thank you for what you do. Thank you for tuning in today. We would appreciate if you can go in and go to iTunes and give us a rating. That would be super helpful. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, please send us an email as well so we know that you do. Again, we thank you for everything you do. We know it's hard work. Thank you to you and your families for serving our country. Have a great week. Bye.